G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our guest today is Wes Hone from Kingdom Business. And many small business owners are really navigating some rocky times ahead with COVID lockdowns having sounded a death knell for a lot of small businesses. Many tourism operators have been hard hit without international tourists and with border closures. It's stifled the usual flow of domestic tourism. While some states suffer, others have been rebounding. In some sectors, there have been healthy momentum in the economy, and there's a high expectation as vaccines are rolled out and lockdowns are ended. Business analysts have been predicting that as restrictions ease, activity will rebound. So where is God in the hardships of small business? How are people dealing with all of this uncertainty? And how will your faith in God help you navigate through the tough times? Wes Hone is a leading faith in business thinker, having built and sold eight companies since the age of 18. He's the founder of Kingdom Business Summits. And Wes teaches Christian entrepreneurs how biblical principles apply to the marketplace so they can build highly profitable businesses as well as influence the world around them. The website is kingdombusiness.com.au if you want to find out more. And it's a privilege to welcome him to the airwaves today, Wes Hone from the Tweed Coast. How are you doing, brother? I am doing really well, Matt. It's great to be back with you. Now, you're in lockdown at the moment. Tell us what life's like for you. Yeah, I mean, we're doing the hokey pokey down here. We get a few weeks in lockdown, then we get a few days out and back in and back out. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, no point in being frustrated. You just you just roll with these punches. I mean, I, most of my team are in Queensland, so we're kind of all locked apart. And I haven't actually seen my team for three months. But, um, yeah, so uh, it, it's, it's certainly not the easiest place to be. But, yeah. let's, you know, the perspective is, is that other parts of Australia have it much, much worse. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's all perspective, isn't it? And I have seen some people at the, uh, at the border um, where those, uh, you know, orange dividers are and they're kind of chatting over the border. You haven't thought of having a staff meeting there at the border there, you know? Uh, no, but my wife runs a prayer meeting every Friday afternoon at the border. Wow. Which is absolutely amazing to see people bring guitars and food and hang lights and, and they just hang out and pray with each other. Wow. So that's been good. Mm. There's no borders in the kingdom, hey, brother? Nope. <laughs> wow, that's that's really good to hear. You know, I mean, uh, I, I'm making light of it, but I, I know there's been so many uh, families that have been divided, you know, the, the the fathers on one side, the mothers on the other side, the kids can only see the dad over the barrier, you know. I mean, it's just heartbreaking, some of these stories we're hearing. And, of course, uh, like you said, it, it is all perspective. But we're, we're going to turn our attention towards the business community today. Uh, I know many businesses are really struggling right now. What, what are you hearing with your network that you're connected to? Yes, yeah, so I'm walking with – I've walked with about 200 Christians in business, you know, since the pandemic started. Uh, in, in varying relationships that I have with them, some closer than others. And I, I guess straight off the bat, what I want to say is God is, is amazing and he looks after his children. If I was to uphold those, you know, the stories of those 200 that I'm walking with versus 200 people, you know, on the, in the broader audience, they have fared better. 
they have fared better. They've mm. pivoted well. They've they've had you know increase in provision come out of nowhere. Like the stories of the hand of God on those businesses is ridiculous and yeah. faith building. You know, it, like the, the way that the Lord has looked after His children, even just the ones that I'm talking to. It, it will, will make you stand back in awe. I mean, yeah. it, it, it literally has. I mean, in fact, the, the stats are since the start of the pandemic, um, you know, in my broader audience of about five or 6,000 businesses in Australia, there's only been one that has decided to, to you know, finish up and go under. So um, I find that to be amazing. Mm. And I guess it all comes down to what kind of business you run as well. Uh I know a lot of obviously a lot of tourism operators are struggling right now, and and you know cafes and different things in lockdowns. Uh, tell us about uh, what you know. Out of this two hundred, are they you know Queensland, New South Wales based, or is it is it spread out evenly across the nation? What's what's give us an idea of the, this kind of um, you know the the mixed and varied group that you're connected to. Yeah, so it's national. We have representation in every single state and territory, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we can even include our. Kiwi brothers and sisters in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, it's, uh, you know, this, the sector, of course, the sector matters in terms of what happened to your business in the last 18 months, but the sector doesn't decide how this plays out because there are people that are hungry enough that they just pivoted to whatever they needed to do to stay afloat. Yeah. And I think that's the distinction, right? You know, I think it really comes down to whether somebody is, those people that kind of went into the pandemic tired, they maybe didn't have the zeal to be able to pivot a move and, and pay any price to keep going. And some people did. Some people had a tourism business and then just decided to stack shelves in coals because they needed to keep the wheels moving so that they could come back, you know, when it all came good. And, and, and I find those stories inspiring. Um, so, it, I mean, some sectors were obviously more hard hit than others. Uh, you know, retail took a, took a massive hit. Uh, some service-based businesses took a hit. Um, and, uh, and, and corporate, not so much. Mm. And, uh, and so that's just the reality. But, but I guess what it comes down to, the, the, the level playing field is if you're hungry enough, you'll make it work. Yeah. If you're hungry enough, you'll find enough alternatives. You know, because it, you know, the people I speak to, we didn't go into business for 2021. We went into business for life. Mm. So if, if if there's 18 months that are ridiculously hard, we've just got to zoom out from that and put it in a box and say, you know, I've just got to do what I need to do to keep the wheels moving so that when it passes, I can come back with zeal. And if you just look at the capital markets, by default, anybody that hangs on through the pandemic will have a 20% larger addressable market anyway, because 20% of the people in the industry will close up. So by hanging on, actually, you know, business should be better. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I was talking to a, a high-profile church leader recently who used that word pivot like you just did before and and said, you know, a lot of pastors have had to pivot in the middle of the pandemic and obviously do church online and do church with, you know, outdoors or do church, uh, you know, in connect groups. You know, diff- we've just had to think differently. And uh, he made the comment, he said, any pastors who are just – in maintenance mode, who are just trying to just care for their flock and just uh, you know weather this storm and do the same old same old. They're gonna they're gonna be struggling. But he said, any pastors that have a pioneering spirit, that are possibility thinkers, that are thinking outside the box, he said they're the ones that the churches will thrive. 
and it really inspired me because you know you've got to you've got to pivot constantly right now every day you've got to pivot you've got to think how we how do we do this how, you know the, the same thing with business people is that the message you're bringing to to your the guys you're working with as well yeah i mean i mean business haven't obviously known this that's not a new message to the marketplace right <laughs> if, you know in business if you stay the same for 24 months now you're probably going to go under wow like the, the you know the rapid rate of change and and the fact that you've got to always be listening to your customer and, and, and change your product offering and things like that like in the marketplace if the marketplace acted like the church over the last 50 years I mean, we'd be all over oh right ooh, so, so this, that hurt. this is amazing yeah well i mean <laughs> I, I don't mean to say it to hurt i mean how wonderful how wonderful for i i guess you know the the institutional church to realize hang on a minute we actually might need to uh, adapt, evolve. Obviously, the message doesn't change, yeah. but, but but our delivery and, and the way that we do things is changing. Like if I read back to the early church, theirs was forced under persecution, but they were always pivoting how they did things. That's right. They had to, mm. right? So if, if I look at this now, I think, like, so for example, the church I belong to, we kind of draw from across the border, right? We have people that come from Queensland and people that come from New South Wales. And so when these restrictions hit, they had to get creative and they actually created three smaller churches. Mm. Well, ironically, the, the, the whole church grew 20% during the pandemic. Why? Because they sent people out to three locations instead of one centralized one. Wow. So, so there's a lot that we can learn through this period of time. And I think, you know, there is more than one way to do vocational church. Mm, absolutely. And we need to be constantly hearing from the Lord about what he wants us to do and not just do the same old, same old, uh, whether it comes to totally. business, church, everything. That, that is wonderful, mate. Really encouraging to hear. Now, um, there's been a lot of talk about vaccine passports, uh, and thankfully, you know, Gladys Berejiklian has said uh, from December 1, they won't be required in a lot of, uh, you know, in New South Wales and particularly in churches, which is a big deal as well. But we're waiting to hear what the other states are going to say about this. What are your thoughts on vaccine passports with businesses? Well, I mean, my baseline is I absolutely hate them, mm. right? I think they're a compliance issue. Uh, I think they're an infringement on, on, on common sense. Um, so so that, that's my own opinion. Mm. And, 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 like, I mean, I lobbied hard, hard to try and get them to not adopt them, but they did. So, so the, the fact is they're going to be with us. I, I don't know. A lot of people get upset. I get these messages from people saying they're – part of the new world order and blah, 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 all those things. Well, that could very well be true, but the fact is they're here. So now we've got to work with, okay, how do we push back? And so and so for me, what I've been doing is, you know, we, we formed a small lobby group. We, we lobbied the federal ministers to say, and, and the state leaders to say, listen, it, there's, there's no workable situation for vaccine passports in small business. There's, there's no way for this to work. You know, you're going to have... You're going to have a casual 16-year-old girl trying to tell a 45-year-old angry dude that he can't come into a cafe. You know, like, it, it, it's unworkable, no matter which way you look at the situation. And so, and so, I mean, I basically went to them and said, you know, you, you shouldn't roll it out for small business. You shouldn't roll it out on any business with less than 250 staff because there's less risk. And, you know, if you do want to roll it out, have a traffic light system so businesses can make known where they stand and blah, blah, blah. But the good news, of course, is that it looks like what the government are doing is trying to sound like the big scary wolf, you know, because they, they obviously would like the whole country to get vaccinated. So they're, they're trying to make it sound hopeless. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as we're nearing these markers, we're realising that they are actually kind of bowing down and, and not being so hard on, on their rules. Like, obviously, like, like you said, 
uh, Gladys, the New South Wales Premier, has come out and said that it will not be up to the police to enforce vaccine passports in businesses. Mm. It'll be up to the up to the shop owner, the business owner, to decide. And, and what's probably going to happen there is most business owners just decide to take everybody's money. That's probably what's likely to happen. And uh, and the only ones that don't, we obviously have some businesses that have come out and said we will only be serving vaccinated people. Just just bear in mind that they're just getting millions of dollars of PR for free. Mm. They they may not even take that stance, but they're getting millions of dollars of PR that they normally have to pay for, and they're getting it for free by coming out with that message early. I think what we're going to end up finding is most businesses drop that the second they can. Mm. Okay, well that's that's reassuring to hear because I, I was I, I was hearing of reports of you know companies. Uh, I think it was Best and Less. Did you hear about that that one? Yes, yep, that's what I mean by free PR. There you go. We just gave them a plug. Yeah. Oops. Yes. Uh, so, so they came out and said it recently, didn't they? Yes, but yes, that's correct. They did, but I do not think for a minute that that they are going to hire police and security at the front of every door to to manage this. Mm. And they're doing it because it looks good and it's good corporate PR. But the minute they can, they're gonna they're gonna drop it. Mm. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, it's certainly a, bit, a big one to watch, and, and you know, time will tell how how that uh, plays out. But it's certainly uh, um, heartbreaking uh, for, for people. I mean, and, and this is the thing that that, I, that just drives me crazy with this. Wes, is that you know you hear this narrative that anyone that's unvaccinated uh, that they're be, being treat, spoken of like lepers in today's society. Um, you know, the Bible's very clear. We need to love everyone, and it's a personal choice. You know, all this kind of thing. But it's. Uh, the narrative from the media, like you said, and from the government, uh, is uh, is very strong, isn't it? It is, um, but I'm a naughty Protestant, right? <laughs> and the root word for Protestant is to protest. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, you know, and, and this may upset some listeners, I'm, and I apologise in advance if it does, but I will not be complying with everything I'm told to comply to, mm-hmm. right? Because there's common sense. Like, I can keep my team safe. I can... You know, I can have controls within my office that, are, you know, we don't have to go to the extremes. We can play in the middle and just have common sense controls that, that make everybody happy. So I typically don't comply. I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. This is a post that I put up on social media today. I said it's National Cabinet Day today. And one of the things that uh, our prime minister is going to be pushing for is no jab, no pay in a few settings. And one of those is in consulting offices, which is what we have. I said, no problem. I, will, I won't pay my team anymore. It'll just be every fortnight. They get a gift from me. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. I'll take them off the payroll, but I'll give them really nice gifts. <laughs> Why? Because these politicians will be in their well-funded retirement in three years' time, living somewhere else, and I've got to keep my business alive. Mm. And that's my position. So a lot of people right now will be thinking, what about Romans 13? where it says to submit to the governing authorities. What are your thoughts on that? I say, what about Matthew ten sixteen? Yeah. I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. You will be imprisoned because of my name. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, which one do you want to take? Okay. Well, th- that is uh, a- an interesting use of that verse. I hear where you're coming from, brother. Um, and you know what? This is, this is the thing. There's people having these conversations all over Australia right now, in businesses, in churches, in homes. Uh, families are divided over it. Uh, it's it's unfortunately become a very divided topic, and and as a pastor, I've been challenging people. Look, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have a, a rational discussion about it, and we can still love each other, and we can still get get on, can't we? Hey, 
Well, I hope so. <laughs> you know, like I, I disagree with some of my closest friends. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to be friends anymore. Yeah. You know, we've disagreed on things as long as I've been friends with them. Mm. Different things. Mm. Um, this one shouldn't shouldn't separate us completely. And and remember, I mean, I'm only accountable for me at the end of my life. Mm. So if I've got it wrong, I've, I've got it wrong. But but I'll always be led by conviction before I'm led by hearsay or or, or you know peer pressure or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and and I I absolutely know that I can run a business that allows makes everybody welcome and everybody safe. Yeah. It's, it, you know, that, that's, that's the bit that should be left to us. Mm. Absolutely. See, the, see, I'll tell you what's interesting. The market are going to decide where to spend their money, which is how it's always been. So if a business decides to be really lapse in their controls and in, in their safety, that news is going to spread and the market will decide not to spend money with them. That, that's how the market have always operated. <laughs> so we don't need this government intervention to say who we can serve. That we can't because if somebody does the wrong thing, they'll get caught out and the market will decide not to, you know, spend money there. And so that's how it should be left. Well, mate, it's been wonderful to uh, have a, a bit of a chat with you to hear a bit of your heart and, and particularly all these Christian business people that you're dealing with. You know, um, you, re- you re- represent quite a big crowd. And we've got Peter from the Gold Coast. How are you, Peter? Well, thanks. Yourself? Good, mate. Have you got a question for Wes? I have um, just these vaccine passports and such are a threat and we'll manage them probably in a way similar to the, the guest has mentioned. I think a bigger threat on the horizon uh, will be the UN's agenda that it's going to implement through uh, maybe through some through government uh, regulations, but mainly through um, through finance companies and insurance companies. And that is these so-called SD. Uh, or sustainable development goals or the three E's they're calling them. This is a bigger threat and something that I think all businesses will have to uh, perhaps join a lobby group to fight specifically uh, uh, in the future because these there's an agenda behind these and uh, it needs to be defeated. Otherwise, we're going to end up with completely state-owned corporations or whatever. Uh, over to you. Wes, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, g'day, Peter. I mean, you're, you're right. That is definitely a threat that's on the horizon. Um, and it's, you know, what's interesting, it's not even hidden. This, this particular threat, you know, and however you want to call it, the global reset, all those, they're all kind of playing the same game. It is, uh, it is a coordinated uh, threat to not only small business, but it'll start with the big guys and it'll trickle down to the little guys. That's, that's for sure. But here's where I get to as my response to that. I go... Well, it's not the first time that this has been the case. In fact, it's a continual push that has always been there. You know, um, the, this thing that you're suggesting is a threat has, has been a threat for five to seven years. You know, if, if you go back further than that, you know, this socialist agenda was pushed, uh, you know, it, 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 like all the way through the 80s and the 70s. And, and if you go back to the 20s, it was a massive push. And, and if you want to go back through biblical times, like Nebuchadnezzar, Nimrod, I mean, they all pushed their own version of exactly the same thing, which is, which is total control. So, so, so I go, it's not new. And, and I take great um, confidence from the fact that this attack, um, They've tried it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in humanity, and it has never worked because they're actually fighting against God, which is always a bad idea. So I take confidence in that fact. And then I go to what's my response. What's my response to this? And I go, okay, 
well, I'm one dude, so, so what can I do? Well, I can only really step into this and stand in the gap and build a business bigger than I need to give me some money and to give me the influence so that I can start to push back in my world. And I can start to push back. And, you know, and at the moment, my, my sphere of influence is you know, a little bit locally in my town. It's a little bit you know, statewide. It's a little bit federal. I've got some great inroads relationships where I'm agitating and pushing back. And as my business grows and my ability to finance and my influence grows, then I'll be able to, to push back even more. Can you imagine, Peter, if 10,000 people in Australia who were kingdom entrepreneurs decided to take that as an assignment and not just use business for self-gain, but actually use it as a way to create finance, to do the work of the Lord and to push back against this stuff. And then globally, we'll push back as this. So my, my thing, Peter, and I get the question you're asking, I get it all the time in different forms, in, in, into my email, into my messenger box, and my response is always the same. You've got to do something about it, and, and talking about it doesn't work. It's got to be start a business, start a lobby group, join a political party and be there on the night of pre-selection to vote who you want in, right? Like, like actually get in there and agitate and... That's the only response to actually push back and occupy until it comes. Everything else is just talking and laying out the carpet for socialism to reign. Mm, correct. Correct. Yep, I agree. Good on you, Peter. Thank Thanks you. so much for your call, mate. Cheers. Thank you. I agree. Thank you very much. Cheers. God bless you, buddy. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Wes Hone from kingdombusiness.com.au. And uh, we've got Wes with us for another 25 minutes. If you'd like to call and ask a question, now is the time. Jump in the queue, 1-800-316-316. And Wes, uh, just before we go to the news, mate, uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, kingdombusiness.com.au. What will people find at that website? Yeah, that's the, that's the Aussie website, but people might actually enjoy a little bit more kingdombusiness.global. Uh, one of the beauties of the pandemic was the Lord said to me, righto, if everyone's going to go digital, take your message global. And so we basically took the kingdom business movement that we've had here in Australia since 2012 and we took it around the world. And we have kingdom entrepreneurs in, in the US and the UK and France and Singapore and Poland and Germany. Beautiful, beautiful to bring these people together. And then once a month, I just do this free coaching call where I bring people in from all over the world. I run it in two different time zones uh, so people can attend and I just teach. Awesome. So good. Well, some of it's practical business, some of it's spiritual training, and, uh, and so people might just enjoy going to kingdombusiness.global and, and awesome. signing up. It's completely free. And Wes, uh, there's been lots of talk about businesses doing it tough. Uh, what's your thoughts about the next three to six months for those in business uh, around Australia? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I have a huge amount of optimism for the next three, six to 12 months. Um, so one of the, you know, the word, the, the phrase that I coined at the start of this year was revenge spending. So if you look at the data, Treasury, Treasury gave out about $240 billion in stimulus pre-Delta pre variant. So it's even higher now. But, but in, in sort of like April, May, out of the $240 billion of stimulus that the government put out, $200 billion remained unspent. Now, of course, some of that's been spent, some more has been added on top. But what Treasury know and what we know is that the vast majority of that $200 billion is still sitting in bank account. So when we open, and this is, what, this is what Treasury know, when we open, it's going to be a bumper crop. Okay. When, when, you know, like big revenge spending is like the way people are going to get back at the pandemic is go shopping. 
They're going to go on holidays. They're going to go and see their family in a different state. They're going to travel. They're going to buy things they wouldn't normally buy. They're going to pay for experiences they wouldn't normally have. And, they, and it's going to be a huge surge. And how do we know this? It's what happened in the UK. As soon as UK had Freedom Day, their GDP ballooned in the next 90 days. So it's going to happen here. And so that's what brings me you know, a, a huge amount of positivity about what's likely to take place. <clears throat> it's very, very different to 2008 when we had the GFC. <clears throat> it was, it, that was a protracted economic issue because there was no capital. Now there's so much capital that it's just going to flood its way through the market. <clears throat> and it'll make its way all the way from the big companies that are listed on the stock exchange all the way through to the little guys that are cutting hair and making coffee. That, it will filter all the way through. So I guess what I would say to people now is don't wait. We're at a very interesting point in recovery now. Don't wait for the government to tell you it's okay. Start now preparing. Get, get more awareness. Communicate with your customers. Start creating new products and new offerings and new services. And start to get all of that ready now. Because if you wait until the marketplace or the news or the government tell you it's okay, you will have missed out. On the head, you'll be behind the curve of spending. Now is the time to be sitting there going, right, even though the government haven't told me what, you know, we're opening or they've given me a rubber date, I'm going to start preparing and, and getting really, really active over service clients, asking for referrals, start putting on events, you know, booking them in the future. Start now preparing because, because you will get the work because you'll be early, right? And you'll get that first mover advantage if you start now preparing for you know, a re make a really big noise in the marketplace in 90 days' time. Start preparing for all of that now and don't wait for somebody to tell you it's okay. I love your positivity, mate. I'm, I'm excited about this. I, I want to buy a business <laughs> and start one up right now. I'm so excited. Uh, now, <laughs> you, you, you mentioned, you know, the early bird catches the worm, so you, you're challenging people to get prepared now. And, you know, I know that you also have a, a bunch of uh, advi advice you give on marketing tools that will help you build your brand quickly. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean if, you, if you look at what the pandemic has done, it has ushered in an even faster turn towards digital first. We were always digital first, right? You know, we, in terms of, you know, most people are staring at their screens for more time than they're staring at anything else. And so that presents a huge opportunity. So if I was to say to you, you know, running Facebook ads and Instagram ads and Google ads and TikTok ads, to a well-created mobile-first website with remarketing in place, like, like that there, it, it, that's not even an option anymore. That is the standard way to build a business. So in terms of marketing, every single person that wants to build a business needs awareness. That's the reason why most businesses suffer. Not enough people know about them. And by the way, awareness is the cheapest and easiest has ever been to get because digital. So people need to start, you know, taking seriously, and, and I'm saying this because it's universal across industry, across size of business. We really need to consider content and then turning content into ads. So, for example, a business owner should build a little studio somewhere at home or in the office, and they should start producing 30, 40, 50, 60 different pieces of content around their products around their businesses, around their life, around their company, and start to push all of that out into all of the platforms that matter today, driving people to a website, installing the remarketing pixels on the website, and then remarketing to people over time. If, if people just did that, if they just did that, their business would be 
five times the size in a year. Like we're talking, it's an absolute game changer and it's not even hard. Well, that is brilliant advice. And I know it relates obviously to business people, but I also think it relates to churches as well. I know a lot of churches that are now doing, uh, you know, social media advertising. Uh, they're get, getting on all the different social media platforms. Um, it's it's a great uh, opportunity for us uh, to reach the world because, like you said, most of the world is is on online on digital as well. Uh, where do you see it going in the future? Do you, do you think it's going to be um, more and more difficult to market yourself online, or, or do you think uh, it's it's going to be available to us for a long time? It's never harder. It's just the platforms change. Yeah. So, you know, like, it, it, so what I just explained is absolutely nothing different to how it's been for 200 years. It's just that it wasn't Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. It was the television. It was Channel 9 and Channel 7, right? It was, it was BBC radio versus whatever else. I wasn't around, right? It was Telegram versus thing. It was, you know, it was, it was newspaper. So, so it, you know, the, the, so your question to me was, what does it look like in the future? That bit, I have no idea if I go out further. Yeah. And it shouldn't matter because all we need to be asking ourselves as small business owners is how do we use the tools of the day? Yeah. yeah. We don't need to be a futurist and see what's coming or, or pontificate about what's coming. What we actually need to do is read the landscape and say, okay, where are people spending their time? You know, and a lot of people say digital is very antisocial and it is. But if you go back to the photos of the London underground in the twenties, no one engaged because they read the paper every day. Yeah. So, so, so all we have to do is as society moves on and evolves, where are people spending their time at the moment? It's staring at a six by four device. Where is it in the future? Put yourself there. That's Mm -hmm. all we need to do. And, And if I can just coach for a second, one of the biggest problems that most small business owners face is they don't play with the emerging platforms. Now, I, I listen, Matt, pray to God, I've seen you on TikTok. <laughs> you are dominating TikTok. <laughs> now, you might be wondering why I'm there, because I'm always trying to work out which platform can give me reach and read it and get a lay of the land and find out how I can use it. Well, and so you, Matt, will be talking to a generation that most pastors will miss. Yeah. Because you decided to explore a platform. Put it into a business context. Most people are still struggling whether Facebook is a fad. It's going to do $110 billion of revenue this year. It's wow. not a fad. Wow. So, so but, but the problem is Facebook will die one day. It will not be the dominant place. It's already aging up to be really popular for 50 to 75-year-olds and the younger generation on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, those guys, right? Yeah. You know, musically you know, th- things like that. So, so I guess if I could coach people a little bit, it would be to get out of what's comfortable and start to play with the platforms, even if you don't like them. Yeah. Just because you don't like TikTok doesn't mean you shouldn't use it to get customers. Yeah. Yeah. And so people have to, have to start to play with emerging platforms. Otherwise, by the time you join them, you've missed out on all the goods that they provide. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really believe that uh, social media is a, a great platform for the gospel as well. That's one of the reasons why I'm on there. Of course, I do my silly videos and my dad jokes and things like that. You've got to have some fun as well. But I think for, for those of us in ministry, mate, it's a great opportunity. It's a massive harvest field. And people are looking at so much dark stuff there. They might as well look at something uh, that's going to change their life as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, mate. And we need to look at the new and emerging platforms as well and be willing to pivot and 
change uh, uh, and you know our, our focus on online, so we can reach the right audience that we need to reach. Uh, now, Amen. I just want to mention too, we've got about uh, seven or eight minutes left. If anybody does have a question for Wes, give us a call now, 1-800-316-316. Maybe, maybe you've got a question about uh, running a business. Maybe you're in a small business. Maybe you've got a question about social media. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 1-800-316-316. Now, mate, another question I want to ask you um, before we before we uh, get too close to the end is, you know, there's a lot of people that are nervous Anxious, worried, stressed, uh, a lot of people with mental health battles uh, in the middle of lockdowns and all the continual negative news people are seeing on mainstream media. Um, how do people position themselves spiritually right now to not be under the weight of what's happening in the world? What's, what's your answer to that? Yeah, I'd probably answer that with a, in a couple of different ways. I, I don't know that I have this one succinct, clear answer. I think... I think one of the things for me that has been insanely beneficial for me over my entire life as a Christian is that I've known my assignment. So I know exactly what the Lord has asked me to do. I was, I was saved one week before the Lord said, you'll build a training academy for Christian entrepreneurs. That was 2004. So I knew, and, and I've chased that thing down, you know, pretty hard. So I think once you're on assignment, I think, I think it's a little easier to manage your own mental state because uh, because you have less questions about what am I doing and am I doing it right because you just know what you're called to do. So that, that's kind of one area for me. I would say, I'd say those people that live on mission, you know, uh, from God to create change during the time they're here, I, I think those people, I don't know they have it easier, but, but in terms of their balancing their mental health, I think they have an advantage over people that have no idea. Yeah, yeah. The second thing is, like, it's just, a, I, I think it's a boundaries issue. I really do. You know, like I found myself in this last 80 months at times incredibly low. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say depressed. Uh, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can't stand labels. So I typically don't go and, you know, seek help. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. But for me, I don't let it get that bad because I self-audit quite regularly. And so for me, in those times, I knew there was a couple of things that I needed to do. I needed to obviously spend less time consuming social media because the algorithm serves you up what you search for. So, so the, the problem with the algorithm is if you're in a negative state, you read stuff that is in a negative state, and so the algorithm will serve you more of that because that's how the algorithms are designed. If you started to read stuff that was very really positive, the algorithm would serve you up more things that are positive, and so it would help you. So we just need to have some boundaries around the time. Like, like, like I said in that last answer, I absolutely love social media as a platform to help me build a business. I can't stand it as a platform to invest time. Yeah. So I love I love to use it as a tool, but you know you know you can check out for five minutes, but if you're checking out for three hours on social media, you've got something wrong, and it's just gonna it's just gonna start to you know he you know he who walks with the wise will be wise. Well, one of the ways is to look at who you're walking with, and if you're walking with social media, then you're in trouble. <laughs> so, so true. So 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 I answer with boundaries. So for me, when I when I was kind of hitting those points where I was like, man, I am. I'm feeling I'm at the end of myself. I'm pouring myself out into all these clients all day, every day, and there's not much left. I need something for me. And so it'll just be spending less time on social, you know, spending more time with family. Um, and, you know, I take uh, either a half or a full day off every Wednesday, and I have those meetings with the CEO, which I call them, which is where I listen to God, pray, read, search the scriptures. They're obviously wonderful for, for bringing those kind of things. And 
I, I personally don't believe in burnout because I'm not a candle, but I believe that we have to have boundaries. Yeah, that's good. And if you don't have boundaries, then it will erode your mental health. And so, you know, I made a pretty big investment into a boat for our family back right. a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. And, and, and it's been really good for us to just about to get out, right? In this crazy world of lockdowns and shutdowns and cases, I'm on the water. I, I don't care for 48 hours. And so, so I just have to make those boundaries to make it sustainable. Awesome, mate. Well said. We're chatting with Wes Hone from KingdomBusiness.Global. And you can call through on 1-800-316-316. We've got Peter from Victoria. How are you, Peter? Good day, Matt, and to your guest. Um, I'm wondering, what are my prospects? I'm a small business owner uh, in agriculture, and um, I've chosen it. I'm not to have the injection. I'm running a small business. What do you think of my prospects? Okay, uh, so... In the future, like, she's been sort of talking things up. Mate, I'm just going to have to pull the, 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 the fader down there. The audio is pretty bad, but I think I gathered from that, Wes, he's got a small business and he doesn't want to get the jab. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that, Wes? Uh, well, uh, that is your prerogative. Mm. And uh, I, I think that we need – I mean, I would want to champion Peter's decision to choose. I don't care whether he says I want the jab or no jab. I, I, what, I'm, what, I, what I want to jealously guard is his right to choose what he does with his own medical conscience. Between him and God, he can work it out. Right? Yeah. But in terms of what that means for business, I would play the game. I, I, would, I would possibly just lay low for a while, uh, and you may find that the entire conversation disappears in January when everybody's had a good holiday. So... So it's a heightened conversation now because our government are pushing it because they've only got one tool in their toolbox and that's vaccination, even though the data doesn't show that it's wonderful. So just lay low. I'll just, just see low. if Peter's still there. Are you there, mate? Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, I've got, um, oh, I shouldn't say, the Thomas Brody's uh, protocol for um, ivermectin. I've got that at home. It's prescribed from the cast. But they, you know, they won't talk about that, that, that's my tool in the talk, but uh, yeah. So All right, mate. Well, the, fa- the, doing, the, doing, the phone line's dropping out a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, and, and I'm honestly, the phone line is not very good. So, we're going to have to go to another caller. Uh, but thank you so much for your call, uh, Peter, and uh, good response there uh, from Wes. We're going to go to Brad from WA now. Are you there, Brad? Yes, Matt. Hey, mate, what's your question or comment for yeah. Wes? Yeah, thanks, Wes. Um, Possibly similar lines to just where Peter was heading just then. Um, I manage a business, a retail business with 100 employees, and the owner is talking about uh, strongly encouraging VAX as the answer to his preservation of the business. Um, um, So it comes down to that personal decision um, aspect again. But also, as we just heard in the news um, earlier, the impact that uh, manufacturers are feeling uh, with lock- lockdowns and isolations and so on, the, the flow-on effects are more than just that business as it, you know, it flows on to other, all the other retail aspects. So yeah. businesses are shutting down almost indirectly. Uh, it's really more comment than just question. Good. I'll take that as a comment. Thank you so much for your call, Brad. God bless. Cheers. Um, now, uh, Wes, we're almost out of time. Uh, you want to give a, give a quick response to that? 
Yeah, it, it really sucks for the owner of the business because they're caught in a conundrum, right? You know, if if, if we get a case, if we get a case, we're going to shut down. How do I handle that? So I, I understand where the business owner would say, "I would like you to get vaccinated," but just remember, under fair work law, if you are fired because your boss or whatever. Uh, because you're not vaccinated, you have protections under the law for discrimination. And, and, and you can, I mean, Fair Work have just published this. That's why the government are giving zero protection to businesses that discriminate, because they can't. So if you get fired, be gracious to your boss and then go home and, 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 and do a Fair Work proposal. I mean, it's been there forever, those protections for employees. Just because it's heavy handed at the moment doesn't mean they leave. So, you know, just just go through the process and uh, and and then I'm sure those people will be reinstated or at least paid to sit at home, which doesn't make sense either. So I, I think it's a challenge, but I don't think it's a challenge that we can't get past. Mm. Well, it's a very hot topic and I'm really glad to get your perspective on it today, Wes. Once again, if people want to find out more, they can go to kingdombusiness.global and you'll find lots of great resources there for Christians in business. And if you'd like to contact Wes, he's a good man. Send him a, send him a message through kingdombusiness.global, or you can search up Wes Hone on social media, W-E-Z Hone, and uh, you can see his great TikTok videos as well, hey? <laughs> <laughs> it's been great hanging out with you, Matt. Good on you, mate. God bless you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.